guys, Editing Ash here. This is a special episode going over season two as a whole, talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, and everything in between. And you should kind of look at this as a part one of the special episodes of Drinks at Dana's, because this Saturday we are recording a very special episode of Drinks at Dana's with a very special guest. So we hope that you will enjoy this episode and then make sure to come back next week for our second special episode with our special guest. I've said special 9,000 times. Enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to Drinks at Dana's. This week we are doing a final little recap on season two of the L Word Generation Q. So I am here with Chris and Jess from the L Word Online. Hi guys. Hello. Hi. How are we doing? Good. It's uh, now, what time is it? It is 10.30pm in Australia time. Where we're out of lockdown now, finally. (laughs) (laughs) For the final episode, we're now. When I see it, and um, (laughs) it's almost six thirty a.m. here in the Midwest, and you're back from Egypt, and you're living. Yes, that would have been fun to do. Well, I know I was going to say it would have been fun to do this from (laughs) Egypt, just so I could call in from another random (laughs) location and time zone. Mark uh, it off the map. Yeah, no. Dana, drinks been, at Dana's on tour. That would have been very hard. Yeah, it's 12.30 here in the UK on a actually sunny day, which has been nice because it's been absolutely bucketing rain for the past week. So, <laughs> so we're just going to go through each of the characters and their big storylines from this season and talk about mostly the things we really liked and the things we didn't like so much about the season of Generation Q and in general how we feel everything went for the season and then at the end maybe we'll come up with some sort of score and ranking for where the season falls in between you know the six seasons of the original and the two of Generation Q so Let's get right into today's episode and think we should start out with Shane and Tess and their storyline. So Shane's main storyline this season was Tess and then the gambling slash Dana's and her business. It was weird because like the gambling went nowhere. Yeah, it really did. Like, it was so exciting in the beginning. Like, oh, what's going to happen? Oh, it's an illegal Like, thing. episode two, where they all came. Like, you know, Bet, Gigi, Alice. And they were all, put, like, that. I really liked that. And I thought, oh, we're going somewhere with. Or at least with having this, more but... of that. Because, you know, they're like, oh, mm-hmm. it's like the, the group scenes are going to be around poker now. Yeah. Yeah. And then nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, I kept thinking something to do with the... You the know, rake shady side of yeah. that but, but I, you know i thought something there'd be some sort of 
consequence, some sort of climax, something would happen. Well, I feel like, like they brought no. that up so many times, like money and the skimming and the whatever that I was like, they're leading up to something, right? I mean, it kind maybe. of feels like the, maybe the first half of the season and the last half of the season were written by different <laughs> groups of people. Because it's like, eh, maybe, yeah, I don't care too much about the storyline. We'll just drop it and give you a relationship storyline instead. Yeah, yeah, with like I... the karaoke episode gluing the two halves together. Yeah. I, I don't know whether you guys listened to um, Marja was on Pants this week and she said the episodes one through six were written like before they started filming and then episodes seven through ten were written like while they were filming and I, I, I'm surprised because I would think that you would go into the season with like everything you know like tweak as you're going along but I just I really I really feel as though like what you just said about it being written by different people like it it does seem that way because a lot of the stuff that if you went halfway on the season and a lot of the things I was saying in my video because obviously I we saw the first what was it the first five episodes early and so I I defended the show in a way like a lot because I was like oh no this is going somewhere like they're planting all these little things like about the rake and stuff and yeah yeah the book ends <laughs> only one book end. and I was talking to uh, my friend Evelyn about this and she was like making a good point and saying like why would you even bring up the rake and like the money trouble and stuff like why are you telling us showing us this when like, it's like Chekhov's gun. Like, why are you going to show us a gun if you're not going to fire it? Like, it makes no sense. So, and Shane and Tess date. Yeah, I mean, we did the time, the timeline. I don't know whether, yeah, um, the timeline that we mapped out. And I think Shane and Tess ended up dating for like two or three weeks. <laughs> And Bet's like, drop everything, move to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and Shane's like, I love you. I was like, no, you don't. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's way too soon for Shane, especially Shane. I think that Tess is one of the best, like, I really like her character. And I think that she comes off the best probably in the entire season like she's very level-headed she like has a good job and she's seems like a very evolved and healthy person so I don't really know what what they're gonna do with them next season as well because Shane seems very evolved now too and like if there wasn't this thing with Tessa's mom and Vegas like what like what would shake them up you know it seems very like could they be uh, a happy functioning couple like <laughs> does that i just feel like they put the whole vegas thing in there in case jamie's not available for season three so i can easily yeah. see it season three starting and shane single yeah or it could be like if jamie was in only a handful of episodes like it'd be like oh te- they're doing long distance or whatever yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's frustrating to have to write the storyline around the actors instead of just telling a cohesive story. <laughs> yeah, but then again, it's like we're—I think we're like 
we're making that assumption because uh, Jamie has got a lot going on. I know she's doing something with uh, Zack Snyder, which is like pretty big deal. So maybe it is something like that. But then they, I, I know Leisha and Kate were saying on Pants that like they're unemployed at the moment because they don't, you know, they don't know what's going to happen with season three. And it's hard to... People like Leisha and Kate in general, like they're fully committed. They'll have, you know, all the regulars will have their contracts with if the season, if the show's renewed, then they are legally obligated to be there. But people like Jamie, who are not series regulars, like that's a different story. So, yeah. And what happened to Shane's dog? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was so excited like, at the beginning, like, oh, she's this, they kept the dog from season one. Yay. It's cohesive. And then it disappeared. I was like, oh. I think it was episode three the last time we saw the dog it was like walking into the poker place wasn't it or sitting in the car waiting for takeout no there's remember when they it's like at the end when they're going and they have the money on the table yeah 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 i think that's the last time we saw it oh g did not like that we were discussing the dog <laughs> maybe i'm just out of touch but i was trying to think like i mean what other series series does showtime even have to focus Dex, on that they Dexter is coming can't... out soon yeah but that's a limited release yeah, yeah. it's, it's not a full billions billions the shy i think they're two of their biggest shows city on a hill uh, i mean those have been on for a while right like those are getting up there in years aren't they yeah, the the shy I think is like season five or six. Yeah. I mean that's usually when they start ending and mm-hmm. on Showtime. I know American Rust with Jeff Daniels is big. That's that's new too. Yeah, yeah and there's another new one coming out. But to to not renew what has been one of your most you know successful series, I don't know mm-hmm. why. I don't know unless it's still just. Things are so up in the air with COVID and filming schedules and just the industry in general. But well, no. I was re- I heard something ridiculous the other day where like someone in the film industry was saying that they like wanted to book an actor for a movie, and the the agent got back to them and said, "Oh yeah, that that actor will be available in three years." That's like that's how busy they are. Like, that's how many projects oh, they've got lined up. I was like, holy moly, that must be with everything then. Locations, you know, production crew, everyone must just be fully booked out. And there was that whole thing when the strike was going on about like how normally in Hollywood there's only like 70 productions or something at one time and now there's like 170 productions. Hmm. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, and any like I've I've been open about, like I've asked Showtime uh, pretty consistently and a lot about season three and and anytime, you know, I ask, like, why or, like, you know, what's taken so long that they always say, you know, just COVID has changed how how we do things. And, like, it's City on a Hill took, I think it was a month or more after the finale that, that they renewed it. So I think it, it will be very soon that we hear. And I have said for a long time, like, I'm pretty confident they'll renew it I'd, I'd be really surprised if especially after all this time they didn't renew it because if you're just going to cancel it just cancel it like so I think yeah like what renewed. is it depending on gee you're very much in the middle of all of this <laughs> she's part she's our mascot 
yeah she's she's very wants to be very involved in this episode <laughs> so shane overall boring hit miss very very boring <laughs> a bit boring it's a bit weird for and we she's said my it a favorite lot. character shane to be one of the most like level-headed of the oh yeah of the characters yeah the most interesting shane test thing i think that happened all season was the night with carrie when they were like helping her out oh, i feel yeah, like that was yeah. the most i was invested in any like yeah same that they were in um so yeah it's kind of like i i really like tess but i guess it won't be that much of a hardship like for shane for the character of shane for me if um tess doesn't return and be like eh, oh well yeah, like same. i can just probably see them being like a little you know season one of or episode one of season three um the ogs asking like oh so what happened and just being explained away in a sentence that like well yeah or you, you'd be lucky with the yeah. they're not together lucky anymore if you've got an explanation right exactly <laughs> but I, I am just sick from like well, what I mean, is it checked into a mental hospital what was it i mean Marina? it's it's typical like drama series but i'm just sick of couples not staying together very long it's like mm. i'm sick of getting like them working viewers all up to be like oh you should like this new couple and then they like disappear in a Break few episodes with nothing happening like yeah I, why are we getting invested in in any of them so i mean i know yeah. they have to keep it interesting and so they've got to create drama and stuff but i just want someone i can root for long term or at least give us yeah. like a ross and rachel will they won't they will they won't they will they won't they it, right which i guess not is what bet and, you know, <laughs> bet and tina are but i don't want bet and tina. i, want I know i'm else. like no I mean, it's Anyone else? I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm fine with Ben and Tina. I just would like someone else to have that feeling for. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have that feeling now for well, Danny and Gigi. And 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 part of me wondered with that whole like the first half of the season and the second half of the season kind of feeling like a little bit different. Part of mm. me was like, oh well, maybe they had different things written, but then. Danny and Gigi were more popular, more interesting, so they gave them more screen time and took away. Yeah, but they wouldn't have known it's from other characters. Yeah, they don't because everything's finished. Yeah, before they before it airs. I mean, unless they saw it on screen, and we're like, they oh, they're sizzling, right? I don't know. But then, like Danny and Gigi had so little screen time, and yeah, that's true. Oh well, that we know of, a lot of stuff could have been cut out. Well, Marja did talk about the stuff that she cut out of the finale in Pants this week. and I read that she said that she cut out Alice on the plane, but I'm like, Alice on the plane was not cut out. No, no, no. There's another scene that, that Leisha said. Oh, no, it explained. Oh, like, it made it not a cliffhanger is what she said. That, like, there was, like, a big speech. Oh, as in, like, and... Marja wanted it to be a cliffhanger, so she cut out yeah so they removed the scene yeah and they remove that they remove maribel micah and because there's they weren't in the final episode were they or were they yeah but that she removed it because there was um maribel's like moving to san diego for a job apparently that was like my spanish is really good but apparently like there's something in the um 
the previous episode or the one before that where they're, the they're, they're talking yeah 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 and the mum said something like um does he know about i think it's san diego and um she's like no 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 and then so they took my maribel and micah out of the finale and then the other thing they cut was apparently there was more to uh bettentina on the doorstep Oh yeah, which well, I don't know she say would... something that the audience is not privy to. I think she said, "Like why?" Uh, I don't know. The the finale was so short that <laughs> the thing that the audience is not privy to is Tina's car's just broken down at the front. She just needs to use her phone. <laughs> well, I, I when when I did the interview with Marsha, I said, "Oh, Tina's giving her a restraining order." <laughs> she was like, "Oh, I'll use that." I was like, "Oh my god, I'd be murdered." Could you if imagine you if she that? used some of your suggestions? <laughs> Yeah. Hunted down. You're right, Ash Silver. <laughs> you know what just hit me about Micah? It okay. It felt very progressive, I guess, last season, where Micah, as a trans man, was dating a gay man, and then this season we see him with a presumably a straight woman. And I was just thinking, like, they need to what thinking about how disappointed I've been in Micah's like relationships so far mm-hmm. and thinking oh, they should really put him with like a lesbian kind of like Max and Jenny in the beginning I mean in our communities we have a lot of trans men and they generally date women who identify as like lesbians or bisexual and mm-hmm. so I'm like I, I don't know it just popped did, into my head and I was picturing date him the trans woman with, like, for a second the hot doctor Oh, I mean, one date. Yeah, but that was the most like chemistry out of that. Oh, I've yeah, seen. I totally agree yeah. with that. I totally agree with that. But yeah, I just I haven't liked his pairings and I don't like them including him on the show as like, oh, we need a token trans yeah, person. Yeah. Like but he, yeah. he serves I no purpose a in a way like storyline. Story, yeah, storyline wise, like he just floats around. I feel yeah. like it feels like they're like, oh, you know, let's write him this new job so that he can at least interact with a couple of other actors. It, that that right. that's sort of felt a little forced. Right. Yeah, that that's kind of my feeling too. And, and I know I keep saying this, but when Marsha was on Pants, they were talking about like, the viewer had basically said, oh, there's so, there's so many extra characters. And Marsha said like, oh, I agree. And, you know it and Leisha and Kate said they did too and it's like I I don't think there's people always say like oh there's not this like asexuals on the show and this yeah yeah, like there's so many left out yeah but this and and I say this all the time and I know the people on the show say this all the time too that like the show can't be everything for everyone but like at the end of the day I don't think that we need to add extra characters just to to tick a box and and like that is a criticism that a lot of people have and i i would like if they like had a character on or like micah or whatever where they they're like involved and in the storyline and not just like sidelined because then they're just eating up minutes that are very precious because we only get you know 
600 but I know it's a little bit shorter than that because they're not all an hour but we basically get 600 and that's it for the entire season so I, I, I just you know I, I don't think that they should be included just to to tick a box and right. either get them invested get them like actually functioning in the storyline with everyone or get them out like one of the two i i can't stand this like wishy-washy you know there just to tick a box thing right and i don't know how to how to solve that because there's plenty of shows that have massive cast even a main Mm -hmm. like a lot of times they think oh well the core cast is like five or six people like friends grace anatomy oh the extra people but I used to always compare the original L word to Queer as Folk, and it so vastly paled in comparison to Queer as Folk, it wasn't even funny. And then when Generation Q launched, I was like, ah, oh, finally, like, this is written a lot better, and it's more fast-paced and everything. But now, I mean, I totally agree with you, where it feels, like, bloated with characters. And Queer as Folk never felt that way to me. They had a ton of characters, they all had screen time. They all had stories. The stories made sense. They tied together. Everything was cohesive. And it never felt like things were rushed or falling through the cracks or storylines just dropped. So I'm like, it definitely is possible to tell these stories. And I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know why it sometimes feels like the L word just can't seem to manage that. I mean, the, the, I do, you know, like I see more feedback and, and criticism than, and, and I'm just being like honest here, than anyone who's not on or associated with the show. Like I have a YouTube channel where literally 90% of what I talk about is the L word and people come to my channel to talk about the show and in the comment section. So even like I, I pretty much read everything that, that people write on social media or in my comments or whatever. And one of the biggest things that I see constantly mentioned is I wish this X character had more screen time, this character had more screen time. I want to see like it's consistently the three OGs and Danny and Gigi. Like that is what everybody seems to want to see. And I'm using everybody very loosely like I understand there is people who their favorite character is Sophie and like Sophie and Finley and there are people who their you know their favorite character could be Marybelle and stuff but the majority of people who watch the show Danny and Gigi are the most popular couple at the moment like numbers wise not talking about on social media and the three OGs so it just seems as though the I, they're constantly like the OGs have have so little screen time I feel like and then when there's storylines like Bet and the art world or like Sophie's when she had those that couple on to interview that's just taking away more of the precious minutes like on stuff yeah. that ultimately is is not even important for the episode or the season and that like that that couple that was on Alice's show like all that time that 
was taken for them and then Sophie talking about it to Alice and things like that even Sophie talking about it to Danny like why was all that time wasted when we're not even getting you know well again that feels like a checkbox to me like oh yes include local community include real lesbians tick yeah or maybe it's someone's friends from the set and they want it to be on the show or like look we don't know you know it could be like oh, oh no, they're they're actresses. I I checked on them. Okay, but <laughs> oh, they're not real. <laughs> no, they're not real. No, but they could be based on right. you know a story that somebody in the cast or crew or like is it could be close to their hearts. Like oh, I know these two old ladies and this is their story. Blah, whatever. Like it just feels like that's why. It was- I mean, Rosie the Riveter and things like that are real. So I guess that you know it was something to do with that. Yeah, I was just going to say that I felt like that could have gone somewhere as well. I was expecting I that expected to go it somewhere. Too. Yeah. yeah, and it yeah. didn't go anywhere. Yeah, and now that you mention it, you probably are right about the limited minutes because I did, I I guess, for my comparison for Queer as Folk, the first two seasons were back when they did 20 plus episodes in a season, you know? It's oh, yeah, that makes a big difference. Eight, yeah. ten episode BS that like every show is now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so. it's way too short now. Yeah. But that's that's why, like, I think it on shows like this, where you l- like literally it is precious minutes because yeah. when you have a, a big show like like Grey's Anatomy that has twenty two, twenty four episodes a season, you have all this time to fill in and and play and like have silly stuff like that, like oh, we're going to talk about Rosie the Riveter. But literally, when you are the reason that you have these limited series and and 10 episode seasons is because it's supposed to just be all top like quality stuff and when you look at like i don't know a show like the queen's gambit or the crown like they don't spend any time on filler bullshit because they know that that every minute of screen time is precious and is mm-hmm. developing the main characters, the main storyline. And there were so many things that over the season, I was like kind of giving them a pass because again, I I thought it was going somewhere. Like if I reviewed the episodes now separate and knowing like where the season ends, I would review them very differently because even I spent like, to, like I had a whole video talking about Bettina theory and, and other things that ultimately just like the ga- Shane's gambling and Alice's show and all these other things that just went nowhere. Yeah. Like you said, Queen's Good Gambit name. and stuff. Everything is left in there. Everything in there moves the story along. Well, those yeah. kinds and of shows. so many Chekhov's gun moment where it's like, yeah, hey, yeah. Where this is going to come back around at some point. And yeah, like, yeah. Because you're did. used to that. You're used to like things being set up and then them being followed through from all the other shows you watch, or at least from all the shows right. I watch. And like, that's when I can, when I compare the L word to like, say something like uh, on Amazon prime, there's the wilds, which was only 10 episodes. Like, those are the shows where, like, you blink and an episode's finished and you're like, oh, my God, that was so good. And then you compare it to the old word, which is really slow. And I feel like sometimes I'm like, what, how, how, how far into the episode are we? And, like, how long is there to go? Like, nothing's happened yet. I feel like even in the finale, I was at, like, 40 minutes in and I was like, nothing's happened yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I did feel that way about about the finale. Like... If you took out the cliffhangers from from the finale, I just though though there was 
so many things like left undone and then yeah it was the I was disappointed by the finale so speaking I mean like we talked (laughs) pretty much about a lot of people there but um I was gonna say speaking about maybe Alice and Nat and then Alice and Tom and I mean Alice's show like yeah we saw little tidbits but not nearly the focus it was in the season one though no no not at all which again disappoint like i i really liked that aspect of seeing alice's show and but again it's covid and you can't have an audience kind of thing yeah yeah um still show the stage and her doing the show you just right cut to the audience that much maybe well, and there or were, even like the behind the scenes there was the whole you know like all oh, the guest stars coming on oh it was Megan Raponian like whoever else was coming on the show and it, now there was like she would mention that British Bake Off guy or whatever <laughs> coming off the set that was a bit weird well and there was so much in season one was about who's in charge of Alice's show like it's her show but then you have these straight white men pulling the strings and mm. that sort of conflict and then i can't even remember how that was resolved in season no, one yeah it I feel like it, because it, it just sort it, of started just... as if like none of that was a problem anymore so yeah, I, feel like I was they didn't address that at all yeah so i sort of felt a little off kilter the whole time like is alice's show different now what is it i mean it seemed different but i you know is that not an issue anymore i don't know I was a bit confused. It was like they yeah, got because... bored of that storyline, so they just moved on to the next one. <laughs> yeah, because at, at the end of season one, remember they were like, "Oh, this might be the last show," and then she was like, "Oh, get Roxanne Gay," and blah. and then at the end of season one, I remember being like, "Okay, I guess we're supposed to like it's implied that the show, like the whole thing with Nat and like the viral moment, like I guess the audience was supposed to just make those assumptions," uh, but. I mean, we did see that guy again who's in charge of the network or whatever talking to Sophie and Finlay. So it's like he seemed really, you know, taken with them and on their side now. So I guess it's it's all good. But I thought there was... The, the thing that I was m- most disappointed by with, with Alice's storyline was the book. I think the... Well, I thought they were going to to use that like more effectively because although like I liked the Tom and Alice scene about Dana, I think that the book launch scene, like they just talked about Alice's feelings for Dana there. And I feel as though they should have used either something from the original that we all OG fans like collectively remember as like a bright spot and like maybe giving some information that we didn't have like I don't know when Alice Bett and uh, Shane go and steal the sign or something like that or give us information from the intervening 10 years that we haven't had and instead of like there was so many mentions of Dana and and so many other things this season that I, I like the little things. Like, I liked Bat saying, oh, I can call Peggy and things. I, I don't think they need to be super heavy-handed with the fan service or that shouldn't be driving the show. But I I would have liked a little bit of 
I don't know, them talking about something that happened in between the OG and Gen Q instead of like another Dana Dana story, even though like obviously I like Dana and stuff like that. It was definitely, it's fun for those, for the fans to have those moments. And that was kind of the main sort of, I feel like emotional <laughs> high of the season was that scene about Dana. But yeah, you're totally right. I still have no of idea like- how Alice got a show. And still- <laughs> like- yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. It kind there's of feels like those little, those little cookie bits are all like kind of bribes. <laughs> like yeah keep, and keep, keep you interested right and like when this when this series started and alice is with nat and we have no idea like how long they've been together and now i realize i think it was a lot shorter than we actually thought they well, were tom tom says says it in in like one of the earlier episodes so you met nat at the lgbtq center i think it's three or four years ago he says something like that so it's not that long ago yeah, I was never um, a Nat fan. I was not a fan of Alice really and Nat like, together. No, 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 so I was glad for them, the storyline of them breaking up. Um, I was glad, but then then that she moved on to Tom, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I liked I one boring storyline to another boring storyline. I was like, I, eh. I, I like Tom and I like their friendship. I, know I like the character of Tom, but I'm just, he's a little bit boring. I don't know. But is it just, is it him or is it the way the L word handles bisexual relationships that I makes don't it know. difficult? <laughs> no, because they could have done them. They could have given them a cool, interesting storyline, but it was just a bit meh for me. Like, as a love story. Like, oh, book editor. Yep, cool. In love. Yep. A little bit of conflict. They had, like, some of the best banter, though, of any character. Oh, yeah, the banter was good. I feel like that's Donald. He's he's very bantery in most of his roles. Yeah, and and I feel like they... Again, they sort of set up what we assume this conflict is going to be about... Alice having to come out as bisexual and how difficult that's going to be. And I felt like they kind of built it up and then it wasn't really that much of a big deal. It was like in one episode, she came out to everyone. It was like, oh, okay, well, there, there's that hurdle past. Like, nothing really yeah, happened. there was just that one lesbian journalist that hung up on her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of felt like they were setting up this conflict that just But wasn't. that might possibly be addressed in season three. <laughs> Like the fallout of it, because she's. I feel like I feel like the the way the way that was all season like we were like oh that this is going somewhere this now will be replaced by <laughs> but in season three. <laughs> well, like I said, maybe it's the slow game and they're just building it up. This is actually one just the whole season is one giant long bookend. <laughs> yeah, but the other end I of the bookend will Some be of like these... season six. <laughs> Some of these interviews have made me lose lose hope that there there is some master plan because <laughs> yeah maybe there's zero master plan. We yeah, haven't even gotten like... to my most disappointed um, storyline of the season. Yet. Oh yeah, because <laughs> it because like maybe I don't know like I you know I, I again I think that any any television program there's always going to be people complaining there's always going to be people thinking that they can do a better job and you know there it is so much more complicated than than everybody makes out and also people are always like oh take ideas from this and that and blah 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 but people 
post a lot of bad ideas too that that would never work and I I just I've always thought that in in you know my dream world if I was a writer or I was writing for the show that I would have some you know if we get I don't know map out if we have five seasons of the show this is where I want the characters to end up or this is where I want that going or you know it, it just I would think that there there was a season. Oh, sorry, I would think that there is an overarching season plan and then an overarching series plan. But I don't think there there is a series plan. It's like <laughs> storytelling one hundred and one, right? Like every series should have that. The good ones yeah, do, and they don't like, always yeah. know where they're going to end up. Yeah, I mean, we we've heard the interviews with other showrunners where sometimes they're like. Oh yeah, five years ago when I pitched this idea, I knew exactly what the last scene of the series was going to be. Yeah, like the good place or something. "Eh, I had an idea for season one, and then we just kind of figured it out as we went. Yeah. So it it does go back and forth, but yeah, I mean, at a bare minimum, you should have your stories for the season mapped out. Yeah, I mean, I I guess like just the the shows that, and again, it's like personal preference too. Like, I look at the shows that if I was, if I got my dream job and I was a writer, the, the people I'd be like, okay, this, like, this is the gold standard, is shows like The Good Place, amazing show, they ended up four seasons because they knew exactly where they were going, one of the, the first season finale of The Good Place is one of the best episodes of television, period, and then there's, you know, there's other shows that people like for other reasons, The Office, should have ended it way earlier, but it's a great, amazing show. One of the best. There's Lost. Other like Lost is go- like everybody was captivated by Lost. They knew exactly where they were going, what was happening. So yeah, I just I don't know. I, I but Eileen didn't have a series plan I don't think either so but then we ended up with a murder mystery in the fucking sixth season oh, so. no, I, don't know. <laughs> I feel like they ran out of ideas and they just had like all these ideas on a dice and they just rolled it and it went murder mystery and they went oh really oh I guess <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even watched Roswell this season because they blew up all the storylines in the in the uh, off yeah, season it, yeah kind of wasn't that great <laughs> after that yeah I've I haven't watched this I've watched I think two episodes of the season <laughs> So, Finley and Sophie? (laughs) This, oh god. This, this, this. Okay. Take it away, Jess. (laughs) Finley and Sophie I'm fine with. But let me tell you about my most disappointed, um, my biggest disappointment from this season is the fact that we didn't find out what happened with Finley in the off season. That was what I was most looking Mm. forward to going into season two. After the season one, cliffhanger with sophie running through the airport and it was the you know who will she choose sort of moment Mm -hmm. that and followed by or in relation to finley going home to missouri that was what i was most interested to learn about this season and we learned nothing yeah nothing and what we knew before was like oh finley's sister is apparently getting married and no one bothered to tell her like (laughs) that's there's some family stuff yeah, and she, there. And she didn't get on with her parents, right? Or her dad. Right, yeah. The parents kicked her out, yeah. Stuff, massive stuff about, like, religion, which was all brought up in season one. Yeah. And then she comes back in season two, 
sober just telling us that oh yeah it happened off season in missouri with like nothing no explanation of any family conflict or anything that happened and to me that was the most interesting part of the storyline and we got absolutely nothing Mm-hmm. Can I can I tell you also that Showtime actually double double screwed us on this because we were led to believe that we were going to get some backstory on Finley, but then when at the end of the season when the finale was coming out on National Coming Out Day, and I I did that video with Showtime and said my coming out story. They originally told me that when I released my video, they were releasing Finley, Micah, and mm, Gigi's own that. coming out stories. And even because I, I shot my, like, I worked so hard on that video. I, because obviously, like, it was a big deal to me. And I filmed it and edited it and had it done, like, two weeks in advance. So I, was told that so I put it in my video like oh now go over to Showtime and they'll you know see some of the characters sharing their own coming out stories I'm excited to hear Gigi and Finley's and <laughs> it didn't happen nothing happened no explanation no nothing and they put like a little clip thing up of like Nat and Angie like two clips from the show and and Tina was in it too I think and I was like Wait, did they did they use what? yours though? The one that you Yeah, yeah, they you they yeah, yeah, yeah. They they put mine up on like social media. Yeah. And like and I was but yeah, so I yeah. Because I was like, oh you know, maybe we're we're gonna get like <laughs> Cause they literally said like a little bonus content like the interrogation tapes. Oh so yeah. I I don't know, I don't know what like they shot them and then the the pa accidentally deleted them or something (laughs) i mean they have to have shot them like they have to have because the everybody else was working on other projects when they were telling me this like what i think they they shot them the same day that like you know they they did that behind the scenes video that jack did and then there was the one where like Gigi's in the mirror and it goes round and it's like tina is engaged what the hell that little video do you remember uh, it was just before the season. It was cute. It was like the best thing they did for. Yeah, it went around to each character, and it was like the same. You know those those ones they did for Pride and all that stuff with the like, not the peach background, but it was like the really dark, peachy pink when these posters came out. It was it was all like they looked like they did all the promos on the same day. Because they're all wearing the same outfits, but yeah, I was really disappointed by that. That too, I, I really wanted to know like Finley's backstory and stuff because there's still and um, there's still tons of people that like come out and and aren't. I mean, that can that's there's people in in countries where it's still illegal to be gay, but there's still people living in the U.S., the U.K., Australia. In, in places that everybody's like, oh, we're, we're, we're beyond that now. Like we're all tied up and everything's sorted. And it's like, it's not that way. Like, yes, you know, in, in big cities for certain people, it's okay, no one cares, but there's people who still deeply, deeply care and it's very difficult for them. And I, I would have thought this was a good way of 
speaking to those viewers who are or watching the l word in secret probably yeah. yeah 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 but like you said earlier like that every minute is should be precious i'm like i feel like they wasted so much time showing us like oh finley drunk and oh look at finley being drunk again and drinking and oh another storyline about drunk and duis and whatever and i'm like all that time could have been filled with like her family conflict instead oh yeah the reasoning for for why we have the behavior right but like she didn't need to be an alcoholic this season like she could have just been dealing with her own family which is what we wanted to see yeah and i mean obviously both of those issues it, substance abuse abuse is a big issue in the queer community but yeah they've set us up now for two seasons and not delivered on this backstory and yeah. um I, you know i mentioned this before but the entire first season i watched uh live in a uh with a group of people uh locally like you know 30 40 lesbians watching it at a, at a theater and i mean obviously first of all with finley supposedly being from kansas city people were very excited oh, about yeah, that, yeah, yeah. About that oh. character but also so many people got up and told their stories and they did talk about watching the original l word in in secret like you know sitting in their closet at night you know hiding their laptop from their parents or whatever whatever way that they had to you know sneak a copy from the library or something like that or go to a friend's house to watch it because there's no way that they could you know watch it at home or mm -hmm. there's no way they could come out to their parents and so many of those stories were also wrapped up in religion and conservative religions which was part of finley's you know family history and part of her source of you know, I think anxiety and uh, a bit of, you know, shame. We see kind of shame wrapped up in Finley's story with, especially in season one, with her not being able to have any sexual encounters without being intoxicated. And so many people that I know, you know, connected with that, with that scent, with that conservatism and the family issues mm -hmm. and the religion issues. And so I was really excited to learn more about that. So... Still, I still hold out hope, I guess, for season three. Yeah, but... season three. Well, that's what I was saying earlier. I was like, um, I feel like they they may be saving all of that for season three. But like, and I guess that's that's like an audience as well that is like there's not a lot of portrayal of that in the media. Like, it's it's one way or the other. Like, it's very parents that kick you out and blah 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 or it's parents that are accepting and and don't care like there's not this there's not a lot of conservative lesbians there's not a lot of christian lesbians or you know anything like that so i think that would have been a great thing to to portray and and especially like what it's like living somewhere like california where it is very different from from what you're used to and stuff like that and you know when when I moved to Tampa when I was like 16 and, and lived there my whole adult life until I was like 32 or something and a few years ago and it, it's, ve it's very like that there like yes it's Florida but it's a pocket of very rich white Christian you know conservatives and it was very different going there as a European lesbian. 
<laughs> so well and as well, you said you know you see the two extremes represented on tv but so much of reality is in the the middle is oh uh, yeah yeah in those those in-betweens and we see that with finley's family where it's not like they've completely disowned her i mean she can call them up and talk to him talk to them and stuff but she's very obviously on the outside you kind of get the impression that she got she would be welcome well. if she brought a female date to her sister's wedding or something you know there's a lot yeah. of those sort of family interactions where it's like oh yeah like willful you know, ignorance. You know you're queer just don't talk about it like yeah, yeah don't yeah, embarrass yeah. us kind of thing but did she get kicked yeah. out or did she leave home the thing that i read said she got kicked out yeah and that's another thing that like pissed me off this season was like supposedly sophie <clears throat> being her best friend and supposedly like sophie knowing her quite well and she's like there was that whole scene where she's like oh can you even look after yourself can you cook like it was so like condescending. i don't know yeah like condescending and like you should know better like if that she left you know left home when she was 16 or whatever right and has and fended for herself and there there were those moments where all of a sudden it was like wait did they not actually know each other at all yeah like, i felt like they were yeah because yeah we but i didn't feel like they were, we were compatible at all yeah we were given that impression in season one that they were like best friends. And, yeah, oh, they, they did really on. well in season one. I like them yeah. as best friends. I wish they just kept them as best friends. They were like so cool, like bro brothers, like checking out women together. It would have been funny. They could have done a whole comedy thing with them in season two of like them scoping women out and, check, you know, sleeping with each other's peep. I don't know. They could have, it could have been funny instead of being so serious. I don't know. I was definitely shipping them together, but then. Ugh, season two Sophie was was difficult to like. I think they made her into a villain, like, unintentionally. Yeah, she just wasn't very likable. And some of the things, like, they, they did things that I was like, it's just an odd choice. Like, the episode where they're at, uh, it's like the, the, when they're out after the DUI and Sophie's like, have you been drinking? And it's like, yes you've been with her the entire night like she's been getting you drinks like just things like that that is like such a i don't know it's it's, it's odd yeah i think i feel like they brought it back around at the end a little bit with sophie explaining that finley's actions scare her and so you can kind of see like okay i guess i get some of your uh your actions and but yeah watching through it the first time it just seemed like oh wow so Sophie's a liar and she's kind of mean and she's I mean you just kept seeing all these sort of negative aspects of her personality and Mm. puppy dog Finley just kept showing up (laughs) so I'm still a fan of them I still like them as a couple, so I'm hopeful for season three. Um, but yeah, so most of my disappointment wasn't necessarily their relationship. It was mostly lack of Finley's backstory, even though, like I said, it was difficult to root for Sophie this season. So, my favorites, Danny and Gigi. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I was like, if, if Danny and Gigi had not got together this season, uh, yeah, like... It'd be a dark, dark world. Yeah, well, well, for me, they saved the season. Like, if you took them out of it, the rest of the season would have been boring. Yeah. But for me- if Gigi wasn't in the show, it, it would be it, it. 
it would be a pod. show for sure. She really but I was did thinking hers. like she saved the show and she saved Danny. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But if they hadn't have hooked those two together, I would have loved to see Gigi paired up with Finley. I think they would be really hot. That's what you have my face. I definitely do not agree with that. That's my gosh. That's just because you want to be Finley. That's why. I know you. Yeah, I know I do. I know you. No, but like there was that there was that photo of them from the premiere last season, them holding hands, and I was like, hmm. They would actually be quite good together. Like visually. Actresses um, would be. Yes, actresses. Never in a million years. Yeah, but they could have. They could have. They could have twisted it in a way where they could have got them together. There's nothing. Marsha said when I when I interviewed her that they were trying to hook up Finley and Bat. Yeah, no. (laughs) Good God, Finley's like less mature than Angie. (laughs) The hell! I'm just trying to think of how they would even do that. That's because that would never that would never take Finley seriously. So I'm like, no. Oh, she said they were having like trouble working seriously. it. Seriously, one of those <laughs> they were having trouble the working it out. <laughs> like, I wonder what made them think that though. Like, were they suddenly like you know fooling around offset? Like you know like not you know just messing around or whatever? And like they would have seen the chemistry and been like, oh, those two. Is there like a female version of like a daddy boy relationship? Because. <laughs> <laughs> very popular in gay circles is all I'm saying, but I don't see the same yeah. thing. Like lesbian bet would be like, yeah. Or I, it, I, the I only way I could see that. Well, yeah, the only way but... I could see that happening would be like, say, say, like bet goes to a, like a like a dominatrix club or something where she's blindfolded and it just happens to be Finley <laughs> who's doing something, and she doesn't know that it's Finley, but then she finds out it's Finley, and then she's like, oh my god, it's you, and and then like you know they have that conflict of like. Oh, but you're you. But oh, you did that thing that I really liked. Finley <laughs> is a people pleaser. Yeah, that's what I'm like. That's yeah. the only way I could kind of see that happening. Well, that took a weird turn. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> back to Danny and Gigi. <laughs> <laughs> Danny went from one of my like my least favorite character last. Oh season yeah, me too. Yeah, to least like, favorite. Being completely redeemed by this story. Oh line. yeah. Yep. Oh, I I liked her in season one too, and I have loved Gigi since the moment I saw her first season. She was the girl for me. So all these people now. <laughs> yeah, I think but, she's come a long way though since we first saw her with as crazy psycho ex nailing the you know wedding. Uh, no kidding. See, that's when I knew I loved her. I was like, <laughs> oh, but she's come. I love a crazy brunette. All about the crazy brunette. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, the only thing that that made me think in season one was that like, oh, she's way more interesting than Nat. Why isn't Alice with her instead? Just with boring Nat. But yeah. I, I think I just with Danny and Sophie, I never felt them at all in the first mm-hmm. season, and I think me that's either. what made me dislike Danny so much. She was kind of a B. She was a bit like a cardboard cut a cutout of nothing. Yeah. So I disliked her because their relationship was a bit, not really toxic, it's not the right word, but it just wasn't a good fit. So mm-hmm. we, we were, they revealed so much more of Danny's personality, of what makes her tick, of why her actions are the way they are. They made her so much more vulnerable that 
she was so much more likable with Gigi sort of gave her a pulling her out of her shell a little bit. Yeah, exactly. We don't get like you said the L word's notorious for like we have no idea where Tina came from. Like, what's her story? Um, yeah. so <laughs> notorious for like not giving us these stories. And we actually got so much conversation between Gigi and Danny about mm. like kind of growing up and the like relationship. We even got Gigi parents. backstory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was intriguing. And again, something that I think a lot of viewers can identify with. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I did like the, we did get, like you said, we did get backstory on Gigi, which is very rare. And even though their screen time was limited, especially towards the latter half of the season, I just, yeah, everything about their their story, like I, I really, that my only complaint about them is this, the lack of screen time, literally, like, I think that full sex scene with them either did we we got like sex scenes with like a bunch of other people that i did not want to see but then (laughs) with them they cut the sex scene just as it was about to start yeah and they never came back to them which i thought was odd i think i feel like they missed a uh, steamy opportunity there (laughs) yeah i'm sure uh, well like i'm hoping (laughs) that they have taken notice of how insanely popular they are and insanely loved they are so yeah hopefully we'll see more of them in season three well i think the actresses know because you know they played up to the cameras at henry and hudson's Mm. (laughs) we want more of that please (laughs) or ash wants more of that (laughs) yeah (laughs) bet and pippa bet and Gigi. bet and the art world bet 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 in general for me has been a yawn fest, but that's been from season one and the dialogue of let's make a baby. Since then, I've been like zoned out. Of You're bet. Like, pass. I'm like, uh, I like fast forward through Gigi. Bet and Gigi was, was another highlight of the season for me. There's Gigi there, so that was my two favorite characters. But again, the way Bet treated her, I was like, no. Uh, yeah, that did that did annoy me. Yeah, that did annoy me. And biggest takeaway of bet the season was like CAC or provocations chapter two. That was what I felt like all season. I know anything like uh, as soon as she was like, I'm gonna go back to art, I was like, oh god, shoot me now. More art. Yeah, I mean that goes into the precious minutes thing again. Like I feel like there was so much stuff like art stuff like even that Isaac Zakarian guy like they made a big deal about um when they announced Rosie coming on the show and um Donald they announced him and like he didn't really he wasn't even really in it and then I mean I guess like what like we'll also talk about Tina and Carrie here the the episode that like I probably enjoyed watching the most was episode nine where all the ogs were together and i just don't understand why when they had like rosie o'donnell you know there and like everybody loved having her there and having laura holloman for five episodes why you'd wait till episode nine to have them all together i feel like there was so you know episode mm. one yeah, there were so many 
times that you could have just like like there should have been a scene where they're all at lunch or whatever you know like just it just like a good scene like that like it doesn't have to be anything crazy important but yeah I I mean I also feel like the whole like I feel like they used Pippa as just another one that it was like like when they mentioned that she had a son it was like oh just to tick that box so that the bet that she ticks all bet boxes and I feel as though especially if they they had Vanessa Williams for like the entire season nearly and it seems as though she'll be back in some capacity in season three I would have preferred if they like built her as a actual character first and rounded her out instead of just being like a bet yeah like and and I, I like I just I feel like the they didn't really like what like what do we know about her like she likes art and that's pretty much it and just the whole thing like you know the the I mean there were things were that I thought it was interesting about like that definitely seemed to be a lot more vulnerable with Pippa than like we've seen her be with anyone else obviously Bartina but yeah I just I I also thought it was like I I feel like would bet really go there and the business thing it got like all kind of messy too and I I just feel like there was a lot of time again precious minutes wasted on on like the art stuff and and I didn't like that they had bet and Danny because like fight because I kind of like their their relationship and yeah there was I I did it like the bet and Gigi stuff and like I do think bet is whether you know them if you really had to like get down to main characters like bet is one of if not the main character and a lot of stuff exists in her orbit and I think that when if you had Bet and Tina like get back together like that that you are sidelining one of the best characters like because Laurel can't commit to the show like that is just fact so I I know that people say oh well she could be on a on on Zoom or whatever like that doesn't work after an episode that's boring and it just gets silly like because we all know and people say oh they can film Laurel's things all together they can't do that like that you would have to have an entire separate budget and production staff to do that and all these like people think that you can do all these gimmicky things like if you have two more three more seasons of the show you can so I just don't know where they go from here because I feel like the way they've set this cliffhanger up, they're going to shoot themselves in the foot because... Yeah, it'll be the same as what it ended last time where we're not going to find out anything. If if it's, if Bat chooses Pippa, people will be irate because she's chosen, like... But it might not be, even be a choice. But if there's no choice, like the whole 
like last season with with Sophie and Danny, if if she chooses, like I just don't even think the choice of Tina's there because like the conversation I saw at at Alice's party, like Tina definitely didn't seem to be there. So if they say something like, oh, let's talk and then like work towards something or things, people will be angry too. So I just, I, I don't know why, like what's going on. Like, because again, yeah, I felt as though with, with them having, well, what I thought them having a series master plan, I thought that they were going to basically like they had them divorced because Laura Holman couldn't be on the show, but they were like, okay, let's have them either just co-parent and that's it, that's the end of it. Or if they're actually having this storyline to work back to each other that towards the end of whatever the series is, then I just don't think that plan is there now because I, I just think that this, like I did like the cliffhanger, because I do like Bet and Tina, but I just don't know where they go from here. And I think that that no matter what they do, like it's gonna be Well, I still think they're gonna do what they did last season where it's just gonna pick up and it's like months later or weeks later. Yeah, no no, I I absolutely don't think they're gonna pick up straight away. Yeah, they won't do like what happened at the door. We'll be lucky if we find out what happened at the door. Yeah. Like maybe Tina will just not be around at all. Or we'll just hear about her getting married to, to Kerry. Like the wedding happened already or something. Yeah, yeah. If they get Rosie back then it could be episode one is the wedding. I just don't think they would ever do do that because again, like time that Guest stars don't have time to have. Kind of wish on shows. though that if they were going to bring Rosie back, they'd bring her back as a separate character, not tied to yeah, Tina. Yeah, yeah. Like have yeah. her get her to have her own storyline. You know, I just I come. love Carrie and Angie's relationship. Yeah, that yeah. yeah. So I love, I, yeah, I love the idea of Carrie and Tina. I think they should get married. Carrie's stepmom would be great and we get to see a lot of Bet being really flustered (laughs) (laughs) having to go see Angie's play and now Tina and Carrie are there you can kind of uh, solve it in that way like Carrie would be in it more and Tina would be missing but implied that she's there like you wouldn't need to have Laura Holman in it honestly I'd be so good with that I love Rosie on this show I think that would be fantastic yeah. and you'd still like uh, everyone freaking out about Bet and tina being endgame you still have a lot of years <laughs> theoretically you know until you get to the end of the series even if she does even if tina and carrie do get married that doesn't mean it's forever hmm. i mm-hmm. mean not to be a total anti-romantic but <laughs> you know well like, true elwood style you know no one ever stays together well yeah i mean you never know what could happen. So it's not like the end of the world. If they do, it'd be a lot of uh, interesting storylines, I think. And you wouldn't even need to have them on the show. Like, again, it could just be just how Tina was in the first season where it's like, oh, I talked to her today on the phone kind of thing. You don't need, yeah, yeah. You don't need to be there to yeah. be part of the storyline. And um, I never, I don't know. I personally didn't see chemistry between Pippa and Bet, but mm-hmm, I do either. agree with Ash that like, Bet's way more vulnerable than we've seen her around Pippa. 
which is kind of funny to me because you see, like, we've always pictured Bet as this, like, power business woman, you know? Um, like, toughest chick in the room kind of thing. And I was just picturing her, like, being all vulnerable with Pippa, like, moving to, like, a farm where she has her, like, artist studio. Are we going to see, like, Bet in, like, paint splattered coveralls or something? And she just totally Going out to get, her, like, like, some eggs from the chicken coop. Right. She leaves her, like, really wealthy L.A. lifestyle behind. See? Now that would be interesting. I'm like, does it... I mean, you, you, we see Bet as, like, this is who she is. What if she really isn't? Mm-hmm. What if this is just that persona she shows to the world because it's like a protective thing you know well that's where the the mother storyline could have come in which also led nowhere what storyline the bet's mother has she mentioned the mother yeah yes i was like oh cool bet backstory and then like went nowhere parents and her relationship with her um race and everything and how she's perceived in the world and whatnot yeah yeah i don't know there's a lot of ways it could go but i don't see i just i don't see the sexual chemistry between them but no, me either. <sighs> but it almost but... feels like you know that they hire these famous actors and actresses who maybe they put their hand up to be on the show or for whatever reason they get accepted to be on the show and then they kind of have to slot them in somewhere like, oh, uh, Vanessa Williams wants to be on the show. Where can we put her? Like, uh, yeah, I guess we can hook her up with Bet. Like, it it just feels like they didn't do like a chemistry test with you know Jennifer Beals and Vanessa Williams and went, oh, look at that, that's great. Let's have them be a couple. It was just it feels more forced in that way. Like they pick the actor to play such and such without actually seeing if there is. Yeah, because. I don't know. Sometimes I, f- I feel like it's that, like for actors have that thing of, oh, I'm playing a lesbian and, and things like that. And I don't know, we're moving into that place where, well, I would like to move into that place where it's just like, you know, you don't have to make a big deal about playing a lesbian because it's just like, I mean, the ultimate goal is to be like, when you talk about sexuality, you're talking about like, oh, guess what? Like, I have blonde hair and Jess has brown hair. Like that, you know, it, it's it's just like a little descriptor. It's not like the biggest thing in the world. And I feel as though still it's this moniker of, oh, I'm playing a lesbian. I'm kissing women. Like, Yeah, that's when the, all those actresses do those interviews and they have the whole interview is basically them letting the audience and the journalists know that they're very straight but they're playing this yeah lesbian. yeah oh, but they're yeah, very yeah, straight yeah. but they have yeah. a husband and kids but they're very straight but they're playing this lesbian and did you know that they're straight <laughs> yeah exactly that's what those interviews feel like <laughs> yeah see i had to actually look her up because she's not famous to me i mean well, when she first was on Vanessa williams place. i'm like oh, vanessa williams but it's like oh no 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 not the famous not the one from ugly the- betty Miss America, right? No, which was, hi, that's who I was super excited about seeing paired with uh, Jennifer <laughs> Beals. Oh, well, like, yeah, I could see that. Right? That would have been freaking... But this Vanessa been... Williams was on Melrose Place. She's Apparently, she's been in a million things. I just oh, yeah. either I only know haven't Melrose seen them or Place. don't remember. I don't remember her in Melrose Place or the Cosby Show specifically. I never watched Chicago Hope. Mm-hmm. 
searching her IMDb page right now. She's been in a million things. I never watched Soul Food. I never watched. So yeah, she's probably known to other people. But to me, I'm like, oh yeah, she's the same name as the more famous Vanessa Williams. <laughs> Sad. Who I would have liked to have seen tested oh, the chemistry yeah. between. Yeah, I would have watched that. Yeah, you can't close mouth kiss on the L word. <laughs> what about Angie and Geordie? I was expecting more, considering, remember Ash, she kept saying, oh, Geordie said they had quite a storyline this, this season. Yeah, and I'm like, that's why I'm did they though? <laughs> like, because that was like a blip kind of a story. I mean, I, I just never... Like, a lot got cut out, maybe. I just never really um, talk about, like, their storyline or anything like that, because I just... I don't know. I I feel like there's a like they're so young, so it's like a line that I just never really. Yeah, like it's like only you said, if it's it's re- like if it's super re- like the therapy scene I would talk about because it's relevant to Bat and Tina and Carrie, but I would just never talk about their storyline by themselves. Yeah, but it's like for me personally, like if I was in charge of the show. From season one, I wouldn't have had the character of like I would have had the character of Angie be like popping in every now and then, but I wouldn't have yeah. had her be a standalone with her own storyline. Because, like you said, every minute is precious. I'm like, I feel like all that storyline was wasted as well on other characters that could have had more time. Like, I get they're trying to like cater to the younger LGBTQ youth, whatever, but I'm like, I don't know if this is the show for them. Like, they need to have their own teen youth lesbian yeah. show. Well, yeah, because I, I, I've had people in my comments say, when I say I want to see more OGs, they're like, no, we want to see more Jordy and Angie because they're the future of the show. And I'm like, okay. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like that's in a minority. Yeah, I have basically zero interest in Angie and Jordy mm-hmm. as a relationship storyline. I was interested... In Angie's storyline about her the donor sister. and that sort of the drama with, you know, mm. Bet and Tina and how people were reacting to that. And again, it was yet another, it was a lot of buildup. It was not that it didn't go anywhere. It went somewhere. It just didn't have the conclusion that well, I was anticipating. I felt like the it, whole time. for me, it felt like it went nowhere. Like, because it I just ended. I so it's like now, now it's like didn't... done and dusted. That storyline's over. We don't yeah, have to yeah, worry yeah. about it anymore. Yeah. When you could have had. Just, it years it felt like, essentially yeah exactly it, was, it, felt like it was built that. up built up built up and then all of a sudden just really quickly just ended yeah with like no mention of the fact that she could have donated a kidney or whatever like i don't know what happened to that like i, f- I fully thought that by the finale she would be in hospital donating the, ki- the kidney yeah i thought too. that's what they were going to be doing but even just dying. delving into that whole you know bet's relationship with not being the birth mother and having this donor to deal with i mean you could really there's a lot of story that could come from that so Mm. to just sort of wrap it all up kind of easily with like oh we're just gonna kill him off (laughs) he's dead goodbye to that storyline like okay i guess we don't have to deal with any of that and she's gonna be totally fine (laughs) like well, unless, yeah, I think you know, it would have been okay. Yeah, unless for season three you do the whole she's getting to know the rest of the family. I mean, we've introduced the sister now, which I, yeah, the sister. Their relationship was interesting, but, but again, where is that going to go? Like, 
Yeah, I think it would have been way like Jess said. It would have been way more interesting to keep to keep him alive or her to save him. And then it's like, what does that mean that that like she has saved this guy's life and like and and then having bet deal with Angie having this relationship with him and his family like that would have been way way more interesting. Yeah. Maybe does Angie's sister go to a public school, do we think? I think I think so because she's wearing her own clothes. That's what I yeah. thought. I'd feel more interested if she like hung out more with her sister and then met someone new to date at the public school instead oh, yeah. of like kind of privileged spoiled private school Jordy because again that's another interaction that Bet has issues with. But I think they go to public school now. Oh. That was a whole season? that was a whole thing with Bet running for yeah. mayor. It's like pulling her out of and she wears her own clothes to school. That's normally how I define it. <laughs> if the kids are wearing a uniform or not. <laughs> huh. Which is weird because in the UK, everyone wears a uniform. Even yeah, same school. in Australia. We all wear a uniform. You also call your high schools colleges, so. Mm, we don't. We do that for sixth form for like junior and senior year. Well, actually, my school is called <laughs> College, so yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, mine was called Catholicism. You should probably redact that. No, we don't. Well, we oh, don't call it that. You don't say I'm going to college. You you say I'm going to high school. And the word college is in the name. <laughs> yeah, of some of the places, but that's like okay. a building name or whatever. Uh-huh. We say, hi- now we say high school, but I know that's only like American bastardization because <laughs> everybody <laughs> wants to be cool and be like on... I don't know, I'm going to age myself by saying Beverly Hills 90210, but not Beverly Hills <laughs> whatever, Vampire Diaries or some shit. But there are problems now, because Hollywood. Because when people go to me, oh, you're American? Oh, yeah, I went to high school, like, as if to be like, I know the words. <laughs> <laughs> so are we so, doing, like, rating out of 10, or what are we doing? Are we using the, the well, scale you came up with the other day? Um, what What are the numbers? So to explain my rating, my rating system, <laughs> Jess, I don't know whether you've seen it. The rating system is as follows. And you can also watch this as a video on YouTube. So I'll put it on the screen for anyone watching on YouTube. But basically top tier is for me the most lesbian moment of season two which was bet and Gigi fucking on the kitchen counter and bet ripping off her ring so that was my <laughs> is that your so number top, one that's the best I top about rating. That. oh god yeah that's a top lesbian like that is just most lesbian cliche lesbian moment so that's number number one number two is Wheezy's construction job on Bet and Tina's house because she did a good job, but she never returned to fix the railing. So there was a little bit at the end that just. Who's Wheezy? I know. I'm like, who? Oh my Is god! This in the show? Wheezy, I don't even know what you want. Wheezy, what are you talking? The legendary Elward character, Wheezy from season six, where she's like, God, I blanked out all of season six. You can't bring back season six. I tried to pretend that didn't even happen. No. Like, there was construction? What did I do? This rating system is flawed. 
when they're like the railing the ra- in the finale of the L word when they're like the railing the railing did you see the railing the railing the railing and then Jenny how is that number two though <laughs> because it's it's Wheezy did a good job but there's just a little something that you know didn't quite make it top tier but you know and then number three is Shane's dog because the, there was a good bit in the beginning but then it just psh, went nowhere and you know like Shane's dog the rating system hard to hard to follow the second from the bottom is jenny's manatee dreamscape because just a whole load of shit like that no one wants to see (laughs) but it's not quite as bad as the bottom tier the worst it can be is making season six an l word murder mystery the worst decision in the l word (laughs) i still to this day want to make like a cluedo based board game that's called the l word who killed jenny and it's like you play all the different characters and you get to find out who killed her you can you can use your own rating system of a b c or or just one to five (laughs) one through five how many um stars how many boobs yeah (laughs) And where would you, well, I guess, where would you put it in? So, like, five being the best that it could yeah. possibly be, I give it, like, a one and a half star. <laughs> oh, whoa. Brutal. Brutal. Okay, wait, wait. Two one stars. and a half stars says you hated it and you wished you hadn't watched it and you will never watch it ever again. No, no, no. That would be zero stars. stars. That would be zero stars. You're a very strict judge. Okay, well, I'll, I will give it two stars. Okay, two and a half. There you go. It's gone up to two and a half. Up? Okay. What yeah, was season five, one for you? Five, season one, like a like a one and a half. Which 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 season of the original is your five of the, star? None of them are. Oh. <laughs> I haven't liked any of the seasons. Actually, no. no, I lie. I, I The ones where Shane and Karma were together were my favorite seasons. But even that, the seasons in general, I would, I would never give it a five star. It's never been like, it's oh never my been god, great television. No, it's never been the best. <laughs> it's never even come up to like the worst episodes of Queer's Folk for me, which is like, <laughs> well, so then what's your style rating then? Really harsh judges here. <laughs> what are you going to give it, Jess? Oh, I mean, I actually quite like it. I love Generation Q. We're not talking about the OG. I don't like the OG. I don't want to talk about the OG. <laughs> Generation Q is much better than the OG in my Oh, opinion. yeah, I'll give you that. It is much better. Um, I'd still give it like a solid four. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Three and a half, like, four. I think yeah. I like season one yeah, I think I of Gen Cube better, I think. But it's hard to tell because it was a whole different atmosphere in like mm-hmm. how I watched season one and watching with a group of people and hearing everyone. Yeah get so excited and like clap in certain parts and laugh together and all these little things pop up because we went into season one not knowing anything of what this was going to be like and whether it was going to be a massive train wreck or interesting or what and they threw in so many little gems and references to the og that made it like oh exciting and and you know just really fun to watch Mm -hmm. and then it was a lot more colorful i'll give you that yeah and i still really enjoyed season two i love the the music and um you know the the wardrobes 
I there were some disappointments just of you know expectations not being met but again I don't know how much of that is like the writer's room or the direction they want to take the show and how much of it is just like trying to put out fires because of COVID and having to switch maybe switch things around or switch storylines around mm-hmm. so I kind of given the benefit of the doubt I still okay, enjoyed well, it all, taking even COVID, the stuff that I thought yeah yeah but there was stuff that made less sense I feel like or compared to maybe season one or more threads yeah. dangling versus mm. what I hoped there would be so well yeah I forgot to take in COVID so that would adjust my rating to like a three okay yeah I, th- I think that I'm at a four too and honestly like I I really enjoy the show I wouldn't be here if if I didn't and I also I I think what what you said Jess is is a is something to take into account too about like how you watch the show because Kate and Leisha Marja and Pants were saying like oh that this show is meant to be like enjoyed with other people and like talking about it and things like that and I think that like I, like I'm very lucky that that I'm in a unique p- position that I get to talk to lots of people about the episode and like the whole you know waiting until midnight for it to drop and and then everybody like tweeting about it while it's airing and then afterwards like doing videos and talking to everybody and comments and blah blah. like that to me is a huge huge enjoyable part of the show that isn't necessarily like in the storyline or whatever of the show so I am putting that into account that Yes, I I know that some people might not like enjoy the show as much as as I do, but I'm in a unique situation there. And also, I just really enjoyed watching this season. I I liked, you know, so like I said, like I really liked the Bet and Gigi, Danny and Gigi, uh, stuff like that. I love Gigi. I I love Bet. I love Alice. I I like pretty much all of the other characters and. It just was super enjoyable to me. Uh, the only thing that that doesn't make it like absolutely five star for me is the the storylines that that went nowhere or just the the. I again, I know I've <laughs> said this a lot, but the precious minutes. Like, I think if they really like s- sat down and and even just listen to a lot of the I I don't think that in general they should have to listen to a lot of the stuff that people say because you know um but I think that the the storyline thing and to to just arc out where they ultimately want to go over the course of season three because I I am hopeful and am pretty confident they'll have one and where before they even write the season where they want to be at the end end of the season and how that they get there because having like Shane's gambling or Finley's backstory whatever like just having all these little dangling bits it's using precious minutes wrongly so I really enjoyed the season I enjoyed doing the podcast I enjoyed doing videos I enjoyed it all and I really really hope 
that there is a season three because no one, no one on this planet will be more disappointed that there isn't than me. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> need to be committed if there's not. So, Jean will be disappointed. to put out a crying video if they get cancelled. <laughs> me, me hearing that the show's cancelled will be. It's just like five minutes of you, like. <laughs> <laughs> like clutching Gloria close. <laughs> crying. Yeah. Clutching your pearls. I mean, honestly, even when I'm being critical, I would be devastated if they cancelled the show because yeah. it was. To come back after like 15 years or 17 years, however long it's been, to come back after that time, I mean, it was a, like a palpable excitement. And yeah. to be able to see these like, you know, three or four char- core characters again has just, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. And in every episode, even if it's just one line, there's always something that makes me laugh out loud. So I appreciate when you can bring some humor some levity into like mm-hmm. a drama series um I, you know those are some of my favorite parts the ogs and the the little inside jokes and stuff like that i you know i love that and yeah it would it would be very disappointing for it to go away after all this build up so we need to redeem the poor parts of the <laughs> original series and have a good complete story told with these characters second yep. time around yeah and there's those people that that are never ever going to be to be happy or satisf- satisfied with with what's done with the show and i mean there's this you go to any sort of fandom and there's people critiquing this and that and everything and i just i just try and focus on the people that also really enjoy the show and are able to respectfully say you know I have no like complete freedom of of speech and like people saying I like this or I like that but I um I also think that you need to realize that these people are that are writing and on the show are human beings and that it's you know if you're going to critique anything yes critique the work but don't you know attack people over it and it's at the end of the day i love the show to death but it's a show too so it is true and they're in a tough place you know they're the only one they're the only lesbian show out there yeah you know if you like medical dramas there's a half a dozen you can choose from pick which characters you like if you like legal dramas there's a half a dozen you can choose from you know every other sort of show out there well, I um, think that's why they brought them back because by right. they thought by now there would be like a bunch of lesbian shows, and there wasn't. Yeah, so they can't do all storylines. They can't be all things to all people. You know, they're just yeah. one show. So it'd be great if we had four or five to yeah, we should choose from different age groups, ha- different locations. You know, for more lesbian shows. I mean, there are some lesbian shows, but with like you know one core character, they're kind of depressing. Yeah also (laughs) yeah and and i do always think like you know all the nameless faceless people who are so quick to to criticize that yeah there's there's a lot of things out there that if if you think that that you can do better then maybe this is this is someone's origin story of how they write the next one or 
anything like that so 10 years from now we see some other shows pop up and they're like well the Elwood was so crap that (laughs) (laughs) forced me to force me to to write a whole new show I liked I liked Gen Q a lot oh no I meant the original oh wow well I just I yeah I'm just (laughs) concerned with the original anymore goes without saying but I have absolutely loved this season I have loved doing this podcast. I love you guys and all of our listeners that have been with us, especially through our long episodes. Miss G has loved this season. It's It's been so great, so great doing this and even in our crazy time zones. So I've loved it. And again, I will be absolutely devastated <laughs> if the show is not renewed. Don't bring it into the world. So. Don't even think it. <laughs> yeah. No, it we, will. I'm confident it will be. I think the yeah, timeline is just too. weird yeah. right now, but yeah, I'm too. confident it will be. So, and We're bringing you it know, to thank life. you all the for will be tuning soon. in. And I don't. I'd personally love to know if there's anything else that listeners would want to hear us talk about, whether it's related to the L word or something completely different. Let us know. Yeah, because yeah, there's going to be a long. Hiatus. <laughs> we, should do, we should do one of those call-in episodes where the people can call in and tell, tell, like, dear diary, like, I have a girlfriend and she's doing this. What should I do? <laughs> like, I don't think we're popular enough. <laughs> <laughs> advice, uh, advice. We could give advice. Not dear Abby. No, dear Abby. I mean, we could give advice that wouldn't be would be worthwhile to anyone. But... <laughs> Call in and ask Miss G her opinion. <laughs> She'll just be like, stay indoors, don't go outside, dogs are evil. So it's been an absolute blast doing this. And yeah, I, I am always up for doing something else. So write in with your suggestions. <laughs> and... Thanks to Ash for spending countless hours editing all of these together yes, thank you ash oh, chris and i are way too it. lazy to ever oh i know <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason i agreed to do it ash was like i'll do all the work or like fine <laughs> <laughs> okay then yes you're the you're the talent i'm the showrunner <laughs> <laughs> you just show up and look beautiful <laughs> uh, well yeah it's been it's been great and As always, you guys can find us on Instagram, Apple. If you've enjoyed this season, please give us a little review on Apple Podcasts. We we will be back at some stage when season three comes and who knows, maybe there'll be some little special episodes coming up. So make sure that you've got subscription turned on so that we can surprise you with maybe some little specials. And as always, thank you so, so, so much for listening, especially to those people who have listened to every single episode. We really, really, really appreciate it. And we'll hopefully see you in the not too distant future. So as always, stay safe. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you soon. Bye. 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 So sad. Bye. End broadcast. Bye.